Stay tuned for the golden days of radio in just one moment. When you cross the street at night, which way do you think is right? Between the cars or with the light? Make up your mind. Dodging cars is fun indeed. If you like to lie and bleed, but if you're smart, the rules you'll heed. Make up your mind. Next, the golden days of radio. This is Frank Brzee welcoming you to the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past with the world's most famous personalities. Those memorable moments when everyone listened to enjoy the make-believe world of radio. On this program, we are featuring some horse racing sequences of the past, plus some horse racing fun with Spike Jones. Also, Jack Benny, comedian Bob Newhart, and Edgar Bergen with Charlie McCarthy. All through the years, radio has brought the listeners, sports broadcasts, and the thrills and excitement of the sport of kings. There have been great thoroughbreds, names like Manowar and Seabiscuit, and there have been names that must go down in history with the greatest of the greats. The famous sportscaster, Clem McCarthy, gave his description of the 1941 Kentucky Derby. And they're coming down to the half-mile pole at the end of the backstretch, and it's still disposed, floating along two and a half lengths in front. With Blue Pair running surprisingly good on the inside, in second place, a half a length in front of Porter's Cap, and he's four lengths in front of Starator, the outsider, with our boots driving hard and failing, dropping back, and Whirlaway is now making his dash in fifth place, and they're rounding the turn, and it is disposed in Porter's Cap at his head, disposed by half a length, Porter's Cap has got him, and Blue Pair is right there, Whirlaway is coming on the inside, and if he don't get blocked, he'll give him an awful drive, and Starator is right there. Porter's cap is under a drive, heading for home. And Dispose is still there. Blue Pair cut the corner. Whirlaway has the lead by half a length. Porter's cap is gone to a drive. It's Whirlaway by half a length. But Dispose is not yet beaten. No, Whirlaway pulls away. They've got 200 yards to come. And it's Whirlaway by two and a half lengths. Porter's cap is in second place. I want half length. And on the inside, market-wise, coming with a rush. But it's Whirlaway winning the race by six lengths. Then in 1948. And they're turning for home. Coal Town and Citation head and head. And it looks like Eddie R. Carroll has got his derby. They're coming in there just like they were the enemy, riding each other close. And it is Citation coming to the front. He's everything they said he was. He's going to win with his ears pricking. It is Citation by two, pulling away. And the other horse, Coal Town, is hanging on gamely. But that's all he can do is hang on gamely to be second. Citation wins this derby just as he pleases, his ears pricking, our Carroll smiling to himself, and Citation is home the winner by three and a half lengths, with Coal Town second, three and a half in front of my request, who is two and a half in front. And in 1953... Here they come for the stride. The gray horse on the outside and Dick Tarr is still in front. Now Native Dancer is moving. Native Dancer comes up second, but Dick Tarr is hanging on as they come down through the stretch. Flywheel takes third place and Guardian second is fourth. Here comes a battle and Native Dancer has the, the leader. Native Dancer is pulling away from Nick Tarr. And Nero Garrett is not even whipping and he's pulling away by two, by three, by five. And the boy looks back. He's there by six. Nick Tarr second, Guardian second. And the crowd is going wild as the great horse wins. The 84th running the Travers by himself, by five, wide open lake. Say, have they turned back the pages of the past once more, back to the racing ages in a derby out of the yore? Say, don't tell me I'm daffy. Ain't that the same old grin? Why, it's that handy guy named Sandy booting the winner in. 
Damon Runyon wrote that poem after Gallon Fox won the 1930 Kentucky Derby. It was about one of the great jockeys of all time, Earl Sandy. A short time after that victory, Sandy retired and turned to nightclub work. People have asked me how I was able to ride so many winners. Well, the secret is, I used to sing to them coming down the home stretch like this. Oh, give me a home where the buffalo roam, where the deer and the antelope... There were other majestic thoroughbreds and other great jockeys that rode them. There was Seabiscuit and War Admiral, and who could forget the famous Zev? During the 96th running of the Kentucky Derby in May of 1969, Bill Hartack rode Majestic Prince to the winner's circle. They're on the turn. Top Knight is the leader. Top Knight is leading by a head, but outside is Majestic Prince. Inside is Arts and Letters and gets through. Arts and Letters now gets to the lead. The leader by a head. Majestic Prince is second on the outside, and Dyke is moving up very quickly. Top Knight has dropped back to fourth. They're moving to the stretch. Majestic Prince on the outside. Arts and Letters is on the inside. Their heads apart. Majestic Prince has the lead by a head now. That's Arts and Letters, and Dyke is moving up very quickly on the outside. They're coming to the finish. Majestic Prince holding that lead. Arts and Letters is riding along the rail, and Dyke is riding on the outside. Coming to the wire, Majestic Prince. They're coming on to the finish, and this is still very close. Majestic Prince is holding on by a head, and he wins it by a head. Arts and Letters is second by a half a length. Dyke is third. That's traffic mark getting fourth. Top Knight is fifth. Ocean Roar is sixth. Fleet Allied and Ray Jet. There were jockeys like Isaac Murphy and the latter-day greats like Eddie Arcaro and Ted Atkinson who add to the thrilling everyday drama the world has learned to call the sport of kings. Spike Jones also proved that horses could win no matter what their name was. Do you remember his famous comedy routine he did entitled Beetle Bomb? From Louisville, Kentucky, in living color, it's the sports special of the week. Sport of Kings. We're here at Louisville for the running of the famous Kentucky Derby. Here in the Bluegrass State, it's a beautiful day for the race. Round Table is a favorite today. Hillsdale, even money. Tarang, three to one. Poison Ivy has been scratched. And at 20 to one, Fetal Bomb. Now the horses are approaching the starting gate. They're in the starting gate. The bell rings at the barrier, and there they go! Taking the lead, Hangover second on the rail, Tarang third by a length, Hillsdale fourth, and Beetlebaum. Around the first turn, Round Table holds his lead, Hangover is second by a head, Tarang and Hillsdale running close, Perry Como looks like a sleeper, and Beetlebaum. into the back stretch. It's a close race with Jane Mansfield way out in front. Little Janella second. College girl and college boy are neck and neck. Long underwear has fallen down behind. <laughs> and Beetlebomb. Hey, what's the matter, Beetlebomb? You're going the wrong way. At the half, the 
paces fast and furious. Hillsdale, Tarang, handkerchief is third by a nose. Lily, St. Cyr showing plenty. Raspberry is in a jam. Toupee is going on ahead. Toupee going on ahead! And in last place by 40 lengths, I believe it is. Yes, it is. Beetlebaum. the turn, heading for home. Wisdom Tooth is pulling out. Big Tanny is muscling in. Girdle in the stretch. Oh, oh, oh. And Mother-in-law is moving in again. No, no, not that! Now they're coming down for the wire. And it's a close race. And it's number one. And what a race this is. And number four. And eleven. The three-way winner. Have a hunch, better bunch. I don't be cheap. Sleep in the street. And they're closing in. And I've never seen such a race. And it's car number 12. <coughs> car number nine. <coughs> Ooh, wrong race. And I'm telling you, the crowd is going mad. They're coming down here. And it's a great fight. And they're slugging. They're punching. And they're fighting each other. And he's got him by the nose. He's got him by the throat. And there's blood all over the ring. There's blood all over the place. I don't know whose blood it is. It's fine. And there goes the winner! Another sporting event that's always been popular on television is the travelogue. Comedian Bob Newhart gives us an idea of what it was like during those golden days of television. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome once again to Strange People's Strange Lands. Our guest in the studio tonight is Colonel Nichols Ross. Colonel Ross has recently returned from a trip to Peru and has brought back some very exciting film with him, which he calls the Seven Lost Cities of the Incas. Colonel Ross. Uh, well, thank you very much, John. <laughs> yeah, here you see us loading up our boats uh, preparatory to, uh, to making the trip. Uh, the couple there on the dock is the American consul his um, very charming wife, Gloria. <laughs> they had uh, thrown a farewell party for us the night before at uh, the consulate. Uh, the woman standing directly to the left of the consul is, uh, is my wife, Margot. Uh, she had hoped uh, to make the trip with us. Um, however, at the last minute, uh, she came down with a, a sudden attack of dysentery. <laughs> She, she was taken suddenly ill. Here, here, here she is some uh, two days later being towed off a sandbar in the harbor of San Sebastopol. <laughs> Here's still a little 
hungover from their farewell party. <laughs> Joined by American Councilman's very charming wife, Chloe. <laughs> well, here you see us some uh, two days later, once again loading up the boats. About to depart from the harbor of San Sebastopol. <laughs> Once again, there's the American Council's very charming wife, Gloria. Uh, you just uh, get a glimpse here of my wife running for the house. <laughs> That's no good either. Well, well, here we are, finally <laughs> underway. Uh, we only had four weeks in which to cover the seven lost cities of Incas. We had already blown a week in the harbor of San <laughs> here, uh, here you see us arriving at the first of the seven lost cities of the Incas. Uh, as you can see, there's quite a bit of excitement here as we arrive. Uh, it happened they had a total eclipse of the sun, and it coincided with our arrival. <laughs> and the, uh, the superstitious natives uh, began to pray to us as sun gods and uh, begged us to please return the sun to their skies, well, which we did. <laughs> Well, as, as I say, we didn't have too much time to spend in any one village, so here we are off the next morning and arriving late that afternoon at the second of the seven lost cities of the Incas. Uh, here you see us being greeted by the chief. Uh, they had a rather uh, strange custom in this village of uh, providing each male visitor with a bride for his stay. We, uh, we tried to explain to them that this was not uh, the custom in our country, uh, however, when in uh, Rome, do as the Romans do. <laughs> we uh, spent a total of two and a half weeks in this village. only left us one day in which to cover the other five lost cities, but thank you very much. One of my favorites, and a favorite of millions for over 40 years, is Jack Benny. Do you remember his visits to the vault? Gee, in a way, I feel kind of sorry for poor Ed, down there alone in the vault all these years. Hmm, the moat looks pretty full. Gosh, look at these crocodiles. They really live a long time. Look at that big one, how old and wrinkled he is. They say you can tell a crocodile's age by counting the rings in his tail. Let's see. Hmm, he's only 39. Well, I better go on into the vault.
goes there, friend or foe? Friend. What's the password? Tear and compare. <laughs> oh, it's you, Mr. Benny. That's right. How are you, Ed? Fine, fine. How are things on the outside? Oh, not so good. There's been thousands of cases of measles in Los Angeles. Hmm. I've never heard of that before. Measles? No, Los Angeles. <laughs> well, Los Angeles is a city that has been built since you've come down here, you see? Oh. It's nice of you to come down to visit me, Mr. Benny. Well, this isn't a social visit. I'm here on business. Oh. How much money are you going to put in the vault? No, no, no. I'm taking some out. My, this is exciting. <laughs> you see, I have to do a lot of shopping because next week I'm going to England. Oh, that should be fun. It's really a business trip, but I expect to enjoy myself during the five days on the ocean. Ocean? Yes. Yeah. Well, don't sail too far. You might fall off the edge. <laughs> No, Ed, they proved that it's round. <laughs> well, I think I'll open the safe. Now, let's see. The combination is right to 45. Left to 60. Back to 15. Then left to 110. There. <laughs> How much do I want? There, that ought to be enough money. Well, I better go now. Bye, Mr. Benny. Goodbye, Ed. In Los Angeles, there's a club named the Pacific Pioneer Broadcasters. It's a group of radio and television performers, writers, and directors who've been in the broadcasting industry for at least 15 years. I'm proud to be a member of this outstanding organization. And at least a half a dozen times a year, they have a luncheon meeting, and they, they're always spectaculars with speakers like Rudy Valley and Phil Harris or, or Ken Murray or Fred Waring, Phyllis Diller. And the MC honors are always go to, to comedian Pat Buttram. In March of 1969, I was honored as the speaker of the day, and I presented a potpourri of films of some of radio's great personalities. Although the picture may not come in very well on your radio, I know you'll get a big charge out of this sequence with Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy. Here's Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy at NBC 30 years ago, and this next clip is the same two 30 years from now. By the way, Charlie, I've got a real surprise for you. I have a radio. What won't I think of next? Yes, yes. It's not an ordinary radio. It can pick up sounds of the past. You don't say. Yes. We can hear you. Some of our old friends on there. Yes, you can hear these voices, like our old conversations with Marilyn Monroe, John Barrymore, and W.C. Fields. Yeah. And they're not imitations. They're the real voices. Yeah. Well, don't give us such a long commercial. Turn it on. All right, I will. Yeah. I'm pretty... Oh. My dear, we were made for each other. Kiss me, Charlie, just to make sure. Yes, gladly, all right. Mm. 
sing our song. <laughs> you know, John... John Barrymore. ...synonymous with profile. Yes, yes. And I might add, you know, it's getting a little tiresome riding through life side sat. <laughs> W.C. Fields. Isn't W.C. The original half man, half knows where. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, Edgar, it's touching to see your affection for the little nipper. Oh, thank you, Bill. You know, I thought you didn't like children. Oh, not at all, Edgar. I love children. <laughs> well, I can remember when, with my own little unsteady legs, I toddled from room to room. <laughs> When was that? Last night? Well, Charlie, that was only three of the many great celebrities that we had the privilege of working with. Yeah. As you look back over the years, have you any regrets? No, 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 no. If I had my life to live over again, I'd make the same mistake. Yeah. Only this time, I'd start sooner. Yeah. <laughs> Following the film clip, Edgar Bergen had some nice words. And I just want to say one thing. I've had a lot of fun collecting these for the last 30 years. And uh, I, uh, I finally found a spot better than my basement for all this material, and that's the Pacific Pioneer Broadcasters. And all of this material and the transcriptions and tapes are going to them so that for the next 30 years you can all enjoy it too. Thank you very much. Well, as, as chairman, I want to say thank you, Frank, for this. Uh, not only for showing the film and getting it ready for our luncheon today, but for giving it to our Pacific uh, broadcasters. And uh, this starts another, another phase, makes our organiza the organization a little bigger and better, that we will accept films, and we have now a, quite a large assortment of uh, scripts and recordings. But films will, will now, this is the beginning. You've started something, I hope. And... Uh, we can emulate Ken Murray, uh, what he's done with some of the old films. And uh, thank you again for thank this room. Well, that wraps up this edition of the Golden Days of Radio. I hope you've enjoyed the past half hour. This is Frank Brzee in Hollywood, California, inviting you back next time for more great moments from radio programs of the past. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service.